Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. Hey, everyone. Happy Friday and welcome to The Mom Hour. I am Sarah and you have just hit play on a bonus episode. Yay. We are bringing back a classic from the archives today, and it's an episode that tries to answer the question, how do I make time for it all? Just a little question, right? It's a great conversation from back in 2016. It was inspired by a question from listener Sheena from Portland. Sheena, if you are listening, I am dying to hear whether you did ever, in fact, make time for it all or whether things just kind of worked themselves out. Hit us up. We would love to know. Before we travel back in time and revisit this episode today, I have a couple of housekeeping items. I am back from my international travels, which you might have heard about in Tuesday's episode, and I'm finally feeling that kind of New Year energy a little bit. So while Megan digs herself out from a week of crazy weather, which I know a lot of you are doing as well, it's just me today with a couple things I want to check in with you all about. First up, if you are an Apple Podcasts user, can you do us a huge favor and make sure you're still following and subscribed to The Mom Hour? You might have heard about this if you listen to other podcasts, but Apple did one of their big software updates recently, and it changed a bunch of things about how you get the podcasts you're subscribed to. So we're hearing from people that if they miss a week of listening, if they skip an episode, then the app like assumes they don't want to download future episodes. Or we're even hearing from a few people that they somehow got unsubscribed altogether. Anyway, it's not us. It's Apple. And our big ask is if that is your podcast app of choice, that you just quickly make sure you click the plus sign or follow in the top right corner of our show page. You can also go further into the settings for how you want to get the mom hour delivered, whether you want it automatically downloaded, all that good stuff. Thank you so much. 
Also wanted to let you all know that Megan and I are looking at the podcast content for all of 2024 soon, and we really love getting your input. If you have been meaning to suggest a topic, ask us a parenting question, maybe let us know what kind of episodes are your favorite, or even if you've just been meaning to introduce yourself, now would be a great time to do it. You can email us hello at themomhour.com, and that goes directly to Megan and me. We read every single message. It's funny, we used to get so much more listener mail, it was like impossible to keep up with. And I've noticed the last couple of years that even though our audience is bigger, we don't get as much email. And my hunch is that's because people gravitate towards social media and they shoot us a DM or leave a comment when they want to say hi, which is totally cool. But Megan and I really love your emails and catching us there is also uh, makes it a little more likely that we won't miss your message. And then finally, I am just sending California sunshine directly to you today. If you are listening from one of the parts of the U.S. that has been hit with really intense winter weather this week, I hope everyone in your home is safe and warm and dry and that your kids get to go to school if that's where they belong and all the things. We know parenting is even more challenging when the actual elements conspire against us. So I am just thinking of all of you who had a tough week because of weather. You are doing a great job. All right, we're going to get in our time machines and head back to July 2016, which, by the way, was before I had a really good microphone. So you will notice a little difference in the sound quality from our latest episodes. But I think the conversation we had way back then is a great one, and I hope it makes you feel a little less alone today. Megan and I will be back with you together on Tuesday. So have a great weekend, and we will talk to you then. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. So we're excited about today's episode because we're going to be talking about something that I think is a big issue for moms, especially moms of little ones. Definitely something I dealt with. And that is how to make time for everything. I mean, everything being your kids, a getting housework done, um, paid work. If you have it, volunteer Mm -hmm. stuff, friends, all that. We can't talk about everything today, but I think in particular, um, managing the household while still making time to actually you know, sit down and play with your kids every now and then is Mm -hmm. a big sticking point for moms with younger kids. And feeling like feeling behind. Um, We're going to kick this off with a listener question. Sheena from Portland called in. um, And I know when you guys listen to her question, a lot of you will relate is just that feeling of I can't catch up. Like I'm not sitting on my, you know what, all day I'm doing stuff, but I cannot get on top of whether it's the running the household chores or kind of the, what I call like administrative running the house, like the emails and the signups and the bills. Um, so yeah, it's a big topic. Um, but I, I think you're right, Megan. I think especially when kids are really little, it's almost universal feeling no matter what your working situation or, you know, your schedule, it's a pretty, it's a pretty common feeling. It is. So should we just take Sheena's question? Yeah, let's listen. Hi, Sarah and Megan. This is Sheena from Oregon. And I had two questions that I was wondering if you had answers to that both kind of relate to time management. I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a three-month-old. So I'm finding that I'm always behind. And I'm just wondering if you have any tips for how to get ahead. And also, how do you find time in the day to play? I find that I'm always just trying to get the kids busy so I can get on to my next task. And I never have time to just sit down and play. Thanks for your advice. Love the podcast. Okay, Sheena. Uh, I have been there. Literally, I one time had a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a three-month-old. So our kids are spaced similar. And that was a really quite difficult time for me. Um, 
So I can relate. First of all, I get you. I also think that um, sometimes a knee jerk response to a question like Sheena's is to say, oh, go easy on yourself. You've got three little kids. The laundry can wait. I think those um, those comments are really well intentioned and there's a lot of value to them, but I don't think they're always the most helpful to hear. I just remember thinking, I know people are going to tell me to lower my expectations of myself yeah. and, and be kind to myself and take it easy. And, um, you know, it doesn't all have to get done. And I remember thinking, I, I remember thinking, yeah, but there are things that I want to do. Simple things like, you know, eat lunch, sitting down or right. take a shower. But there's also things that really genuinely have to get done. And I don't know how to get them all done. So while, while there's an element of, I think what I'll say, and probably what you will say, Megan, which is just, you know, this too shall pass and go easy on yourself and maybe take the expectations down a notch. I I want everybody listening to know that I don't always think that's the most helpful thing to hear. And sometimes we really do just need some productivity tips or some new ways to think about time management. So hopefully that's what we will do here. Yeah. Well, I totally agree. I mean, I'm the first person to tell moms to take it easy or, you know, take it easy on themselves. But like you said, I mean, laundry has to get done. Food Mm -hmm. has to get eaten. There's just things that, you know, for you to be happy in your household, um, have to be, have to happen. (laughs) And feeling behind is not a good feeling. It's one thing Mm -hmm. to feel busy or to feel like you've got your hands full with kids or to feel like your house is a mess, but that feeling like we all know it, whether it's in work or personal life where you cannot like things are coming at you so fast that you just can't even, you know, keep it all together. It's not a fun feeling. Yeah. Um, no. So let's help Sheena out of that a little bit. Um, I do have a couple of practical tips that I'll start with that work for me. Everybody's different. Um, one thing, and I've talked about this before about calendar management is I think really well in one week blocks. So whether you have a print, uh, like a paper planner or a paper calendar, or if you're digital, I print my Google calendar, just one sheet of just a week, because a week is easier for me to conceptualize. And I think if you're, if you're at home with your kids, if you're a stay at home mom, or you're working from home, you you don't necessarily have a ton of appointments. So I used to kind of think, well, I don't know if I need an agenda or a calendar. I don't have conference calls. I don't have meetings. The kids aren't in school yet. This is when, you know, before a lot of school Mm -hmm. stuff started, but a week at a time is a really good way for me to picture where I am and what needs to get done. And what I'll do is print that calendar. And if there are appointments on there, if somebody has a swim lesson or if I have a commitment or, you know, my husband's traveling, then that's probably already on the printout because it was in my Google calendar. But then I will handwrite on there just one or two things to get done that day. Sometimes it's which day I'm going to go to the grocery store. I wouldn't write my whole list on there. I would just, you know, in pen and ink, just scrawl Trader Joe's on Monday in the first part of the day. And then kind of block schedule that way of whether it's household chores or especially errands. You know, you guys know I used to live in Arizona where especially in the summer, you just avoid going outside. And if you're in a winter place, so if you're looking at your week and you have a couple of errands, kind of plugging those in where it makes sense. So um, that's just one tip I have. And it works for me because I, I, um, that view of a week makes sense to me. You know, longer term planning is a little overwhelming if you're in the weeds. And I don't need the minutia of a daily schedule. If you're home and you're, you know, your daily schedule might only have like naps, baby naps right. on it. And that's okay if that's the phase that you're in. But when it comes to getting things done, I find that that has been less overwhelming for me than like one big giant to-do list that has no relationship to the calendar. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I agree. You know, I don't think I even used 
a calendar when my kids were really little. Yeah. Um, and I was even working at the time, but the things I was working on, um, you know, they were writing jobs that weren't real like date sensitive, yeah. I guess. I had to know my deadlines, but that was about it. Yeah. And I kept track of those elsewhere. I didn't even really look at the calendar right. <laughs> because none of my, the kids weren't in school. They didn't have yeah. things they had to be doing at any certain time. So I thought much like you, um, I thought in my, of my life in terms of, of days of the week. Yeah. And one thing that really helped me was to have routines set up around certain days of the week, because mm-hmm. things like if I knew I was going to grocery shop every Monday, for example, it just took the thinking out of it. Yeah. I never really ran out of stuff the way I did. You know, if let's say you don't know when you're going to grocery shop, it could be Monday, it could be Tuesday, it could be Wednesday. Well, by the time Monday rolls around, you're probably out of stuff. Now it's an emergency situation. Right. Do I have to go to the store and just grab milk and bread, which is going to eat up an hour of my time, you know, right. for like very little reward. Or am I going to now, whatever else I was starting to work on, am I going to put that aside? I feel like the less, the more you can take away that mental shuffle at this mm-hmm. phase, um, the better off you'll be in this the more you can simplify. Mm-hmm. The other thing is I would have a to-do list and my to-do list sometimes was just the same thing week after week. And it would just be the, what do they say? The big rocks, like put the big yep. rocks in first. Yep. Um, it was just the need to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And then any other stuff that I could kind of fill in around that, the nice to do the little rocks was the mm-hmm. nice to do stuff. Um, the other thing that I really did a lot when the kids were little, especially was, and I've talked a lot about this is those trigger tasks. The ones that if I didn't get them done, I would just feel bad in my home. Ooh, talk um, about that again. Cause I feel like yeah. it might have been a while. Yeah. So I had them, I mean, it, 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 over time it's just become natural. I don't really even have to think about it anymore, but when I was really overwhelmed by housework and mm-hmm. like just the never ending stream of things that had to get done, um, I just kind of identified maybe three or four things that make me nuts if they don't get mm-hmm. done. And I just made sure those things got done. And what I would find is that getting those things done would then give me that kind of feeling of, uh, more productivity. I would feel more peace, more peaceful yeah. in my space. So for me, one was like the kitchen counter mm-hmm. had to be cleaned off. Um, mm-hmm. for me, that would sometimes mean just putting the dishes in the sink and filling them with soapy water. It didn't right. always mean I cleaned the whole kitchen, but it meant my kit, my counters were wiped off. Um, everything like off the living room floor by a certain point of the day, mm-hmm. which I started to realize meant that if I was going to have the kids playing with toys, you know, in the evening time when the house is starting to settle, I wanted them playing somewhere besides mm-hmm. the living room. Like they mm-hmm. were in their room or in a toy mm-hmm. room. Um, <clears throat> the bathrooms was another big one. Like, you know, like wadded up towels on the floor makes me crazy. And I don't like to wait and do all my laundry at once. Um, right. I know sometimes like life makes that necessary, but right. I was always better having like that rhythm where I would do like one load a night or every other night. So right. <clears throat> I found that having those things that I just knew would help me just feel better about my space would then almost help me find more energy to take care or just clarity. So much of this sometimes is like your head is so full Mm -hmm. that you don't even know you're like just spinning your wheels. You don't know where to focus. And if you can kind of get some clarity in your head, then it's that takes some of that, that element out of it. I think when you have a two month old, Mm -hmm. no matter what, it's hard for two reasons. It's hard because it's hard. Yeah, It's, it's hard, but it's also hard because you're still new at having that number of kids. So whatever number it is, whether it's one or Mm -hmm. two or three or four Mm -hmm. or five, Mm -hmm. you're still new at learning how to like set your life up around that number. So it does get easier, not only because the kids get older, because in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways, a two month old can be easier than a 18 month old as we've talked about a million times. Um, But you're still figuring it out. You're still figuring out how to actually function with that much more laundry, that many more people to put in a car, that many right. more bedtimes or whatever. So, and I would add to that, that your older, the older siblings are also learning to be more independent at the same time, yeah. because right. Everything shifts up. Like the two-year-old who was the baby 
now has to put his own shoes on yeah. and it all moves up the chain. So everybody yes. is adjusting. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, so I, I think, think that that can, that can add a lot to the mental clutter because you're just thinking yes. all the time. You're not right. just doing yet. You're yes, thinking, thinking, thinking. Yes. Right. Exactly. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals. And Katie loved the herb crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, a couple of just tips that I thought of. This is one that I still use no matter what, is before you sit down at the computer to do whether you do work on the computer, whether it's like a brain break for you and you just want to scroll Facebook or whether you have emails to answer, or bills to pay, before you open up or fire up the computer, write down two or three or four things that you are going to do first because yeah. we are all distractible by shiny objects. Yes. A lot yeah. of the shiny objects come to us via social media. <laughs> and no matter how clear your big to-do list is, I still find even if I have a big running to-do list or something more complicated, I will just on a post-it write down like, 
the first two or three things I'm going to do when I open up my computer, because it's so easy to go down even a, produ- even a productive rabbit hole. Like yeah, I might absolutely. start answering emails and get into answering emails and I might be being productive, but I forgot to sign my kid up for camp or whatever. Like the <laughs> one thing <laughs> yeah. I needed the to do The one reason today. you got on. Yes. Yep. So it does, it might not even just be like time wasting stuff. It can also just be like the way the internet and computer stuff can kind of lead you down a nonsensical path. So, um, and stick to it. So, and then you can, and then like give yourself permission to do whatever you want online. If the baby's napping and you've got that time and it feels good, then do it. But, um, and I'm, I'm being serious when I mean before you, the screen even lights up because yeah. it's like, it's so easy to Once see it lights first, up, you're already sucked in. It's too late. Right. It's you go to the <laughs> yeah. first notification, wherever that yeah. is, or the email. So, um, that's another one that I still use, whether it's for work or personal stuff. Um, cause my computer time is pretty confined to like nap time or one kind of block. So I can have all these ideas of things I want to do floating around in my head or on my to-do list all day. And sometimes it's more than I can get done in one nap time. So it really helps to prioritize. I agree. And that's actually, uh, leads me to another, to remember another tip that I used to give a lot, um, specifically to people who were asking for, for advice on working from home, but I think it applies to anybody. I used to do this. Um, I did this for years. I had literally, cause I'm a very out of sight, out of mind kind of person. I need visual reminders of things. Mm-hmm. And I had lists of things I could do in five, 10, 15 or 20 minutes posted all around my computer. Now, mm-hmm. if you're not working on the computer during the day, then maybe you post it on the fridge. And maybe you don't make it obvious so that people come over and make fun of you like (laughs) stuff I can do in five minutes, but just like little reminders, like, oh, maybe I have five or 10 minutes right now because baby's finishing up the nap. I'm not going to get into something. I know she's going to get up, but I have a few minutes to work with here. Um, I can scrub the pot that's in the, Mm -hmm. in the sink, or I can dust really quick if that's a thing for you yeah. or you, you know, if you still dust or whatever, yeah. you know, I can fold a little laundry, whatever those things are, you can do in that amount of time. I found that those visual cues really helped me when I was like, Oh my God, I'm running out of time. Like the baby's going to wake up. Uh, right. Like I'm so behind you go down that, that sort of rabbit hole. Like that, that you're just spinning uh, your wheels. You're spinning, yeah. <laughs> you're spinning down the downward spiral is what I was getting at that. I'm running out of time. I, it's not even worth trying. I might yeah, as well I just that. get on Facebook. I do that when I am about to leave the house because I've talked about I'm a pretty punctual person. I can get a little wound up about like what time we need to leave and getting everybody out the door. But the downside of that, the good news is I'm usually on time, but the downside is I can, I actually probably waste 10 or 15 minutes just like being mobilizing ready to, go. to leave. And then <laughs> yeah. I'd be better off doing one of those five or 10 minute productive tasks and then just say, okay, get in the car. Let's go. You know, right. like it doesn't yeah, have to be exactly. probably leftover from when it really did take 20 minutes to get out the yeah, door. But yeah, um, yeah. No, that's a well, really still good learning too. We're all still, you know, learning whatever stage the kids are in. We're still getting used to that stage. Totally. So. Totally. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to suggest is this is a little more big picture, but when I was um, staying at home, working a little bit at home, it helped me to find the sweet spot of how much time at home and how much time out of the house felt right to me. We've talked on this show. I'm definitely a homebody. I like being at home and everybody has a different tolerance for how much they like to be out seeing friends, running errands, doing activities. Um, but I would say just know, just know yourself and it will change over time. Obviously when you add a kid and go through different phases, but, um, I think when I'm at home too much, even though I like that and tend toward the homebody, if I'm home too much, I get less done. The house gets messier. I get because the kids are playing at home and I get more irritated about the mess, which means I'm doing the same repetitive kind of nagging and picking up tasks over and over again. Whereas if we, if we have something to go do and we're out, 
Um, then I have a more limited time at home and we tend to be more purposeful with it. And so I think everybody, everybody's sweet spot is different. Um, because I know people, especially as new moms, I knew moms who just felt like they're, they were climbing the walls when they were home with a baby. And it was because, you know, the babies need to sleep a lot. I was never like that. I kind of, you know, didn't bother me, but knowing yourself and then finding that sweet spot, because I think there is a tie between where you're spending your time and productivity and not enough time at home probably means you're not keeping up on stuff, but too much time at home, I think can take you can, can also not be right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it actually reminds me of Sheena's other question, which is about playing with your kids, which I know we probably both have a lot to say about that. But one thing that I, I really found when they were young is that leaving the house with them and doing something focused, you know, it's not always focused on them. Sometimes it's focused on you. Sometimes it's just an errand. Right. But you, there's usually a way to wrap up something kind of fun in that. And I found that that would often just buy me, like, I didn't have to work as hard when I got back then to get Mm -hmm. them into something else so that Mm -hmm. I could do what focus on what I had to. The mm-hmm. fact that we've been out and got ice cream or sat, mm-hmm. you know, went to the playground for 15 minutes or whatever little thing we were able to tack on to that task, sort of just like then they get home and they're and they're just I don't know, they're not bored anymore or they right. have a little energy or like they can now they can go focus and do their own thing for a little while. It's like I just right. bought myself yeah. some time. So, totally um, yeah, that's another good. That's another good. And I totally I'm not really a homebody, but having young kids kind of made me one for a while. Yeah. And uh, I had to force myself a lot. Sometimes it was like go for a walk. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I just couldn't even face buckling a kid into the car. Yeah. I mean, we've all been there, right? That's just the worst. Yeah. Like buckling the baby into the car seat. Sometimes it was easier just to be like, I'm going to pop you in the sling or the stroller yeah. or take you by the hand. And we're just going to walk for, you know, walk around the block or go to the park. Yeah. Um, but just to like get that change of scenery and you're less distracted and. Yep. Yeah. And um, if you are really struggling, going back to kind of where we started with calendaring and planning your time, um, those are types of things that you could even put on the calendar. I mean, you don't have to, obviously, because they kind of make more spent, sense spontaneously. But if you're feeling like you're kind of in a rut with how you're using your time, you could experiment with printing out or looking at a weekly calendar and, you know, writing down that you want to go for a walk after dinner one night and see how that feels. And, you know, that you want to go to this playground one day. I mean, I, yeah. I definitely have had times where I put things like that on the calendar for myself and for the kids just to feel like, I knew what was coming, um, even yeah. if they're pretty easy things that don't need to be scheduled, I guess. Yeah. So, Should we dig into the idea yeah. of playing with your kids? Let's, let's talk do about it. that, shall let's, we? Let's I just, do it. I feel like this is, and I've ranted about this before, but Sheena maybe hasn't had the benefit of hearing me rant. <laughs> Re-rant. Um, I just, I feel like there's just this cultural expectation now that never existed before of parents playing with kids. And we've talked about this before. I don't think there's anything wrong with playing with your kids. And I definitely have in some ways um, over the years, different things I'm good at, some things I'm not so good at, you know, but mm-hmm. there's this like expectation now that especially if you're a stay at home mom, it's like, like your job is to not do any housework. And I've actually seen this vocalized or mm-hmm. verbalized in different memes and stuff. Like mm-hmm. basically your job isn't to clean the house. It's not to keep the house running. Um, it's not to manage those day-to-day things, it's to play with your kid. And I really kind of disagree with that. I, I sort of feel like if you're at home, your job is partly to manage the household because mm-hmm. people live in your house and it needs yeah. to run. And, and, um, that's not to say again, I, I don't give people like a big, especially moms of little ones, like a huge amount of, you know, I guess, you know, grace or whatever it is, like do it your way, ease into right. it. It's hard. You're still learning. But if you feel like that's your job is to be a household manager then I think that that's a very legitimate thing, mm-hmm. uh, particularly if you don't have 
the budget to hire other people to do that. Someone has mm-hmm. to do it. And if you're home, it, it makes sense that that person would be you. So um, first of all, that's just like my one little rant, because I would always feel like when I was home with the little kids, like I want to keep the house, you know, part of the reason I stayed home is because I wanted to be with my kids. And part of the reason I stayed home is I like domestic stuff and I like yeah. running a household that feels like it's running well. And I think that's a very legitimate thing. And so I couldn't really just play with my kids all day. And I didn't right. really love the, I guess, implication that that was what I should be doing or more valuable right. use of my time. Right. End rant. Actually, it's no. not over yet, but I'll let no. you talk. <laughs> Pause rant. Pause rant. Um, okay. Yeah. I, you and I, you know, are on the same page here. Um, but I did want to kind of redefine play for this conversation. To me, okay. what we mean when we say play with our kids is connect and engage with your kids. Yes. And I would bet, Sheena, that you are doing that with all three of your close together spaced sweet little kids, ages four, two, and three months. Let's remember this, where she is in life. I would bet that you are doing that more than you think, including individually one-on-one. I just think that we have this image of sitting down and playing cars on the floor as, yeah. as a, a more narrow definition of play. So to me, first of all, play for play to be play, it should feel really natural and fun. And anybody who's tried to make believe Ninjago Lego like knows that it's not always natural. With your kid telling you you're doing yeah. it wrong the whole time. Yeah, that and, was always my favorite. You. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That was a little throwback to our we hate fun <laughs> episode. Yes. But um I think I in instead of looking at it from the kids' perspective for a second, I'll get back to the kids in a minute. Think of what feels natural and fun for you as a mom. Yeah, We've talked absolutely. on this show, I love to sing and I love to read aloud and I love to talk to my kids. If I'm doing one of those three things, I might be also changing a diaper or making lunch or driving in my car. But to me, that totally counts as play because if I'm into it, then I'm connecting. I'm not saying it's all about me. Obviously, there's times when we're going to want to be in their world too. And actually, I have something to say about that too. But I think you almost start with what feels fun to you. If it's going on walks or hikes or playing in nature, if it's... um, you know, dance parties in the living room, I think then it is truly play. And, and even if you're not doing any of those things, cause you're in the weeds, think about all the times you're looking your kids in the eye and talking to them and engaging with them. You are playing with them, Gina, you are, uh, you don't need to advice, add that Sarah. to your agenda. No. Yes, absolutely. It doesn't need to be something <laughs> to like, it doesn't need to be something you check off your to-do list because like you said, Sarah, you're so right. She's probably already doing so much of that already without even thinking about it. And it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be sitting down on the carpet playing cars, please, God, no. <laughs> like, or, you know, um, doing endless make-believe. I loved make-believe as a kid and now I'm terrible at it because I don't live in the kid's world anymore. Like I, they don't even, they don't even like my input anymore. Right. They yeah. think it stinks, but I'm great at telling stories. I'm great at, you know, making up silly songs. I'm great at talking to the kids while I cook. Mm-hmm. And I'm great at involving them in stuff I do and having them kind of help me. Like those are those all going on walks and having conversations and pointing yes. out squirrels. I mean, it all, if we just took the word play out of it, it's mm-hmm. such a loaded word. Maybe it's, you know, it's just focused time. It's just spending time with other human beings. And that's, you know, your, your ma- job as a mom. Well, I don't even like thinking of being a mom as a job. It's a relationship that you have with another right. set of human beings who live in your house and you're, and you have to guide them. And that's part of your responsibility. And part of your job maybe is all the household stuff. Right. But like, if we start looking at every interaction we have with our kids is like, you know, something like on our task list. Mm-hmm. And it's, it takes so much of the spontaneity and fun and joy out of it to me. I just don't really want to look at it that way. So yes, 
Agreed. Yeah. Um, and I think it does come back down to the connection and the relationship. And that's, so that's interwoven with play. But if you want to get really like psychological about it, play is the child's work, right? That's like, yes. I didn't make that phrase up. That's like a, that's a, that's a thing. It's like a Montessori um, thing, right? So yeah. that's their work. Um, yeah. The connection is where I think where the heart of it is. Yeah. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day, and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. I hope, Sheena, that we didn't like misunderstand your question or make it seem like you were asking the wrong question. I just think we can redefine making time to play and instead think of all the ways that you are already playing and connecting. Um, Absolutely. So having said that, I actually do want to kind of talk about the other side of that, which is um, when you have three kids close together and they're young, like yours are, I do think there's value in um, every once in a while, whether you make it a goal of once a day or a couple of times a week of playing something that kid really wants to play, but do it one-on-one. Don't try and pl- don't think that three kids close together are all going to happily join in a game of Candyland or ring around the rosy. Right. Um, I think if you make 15 minutes of time for the four-year-old doing whatever she or he wants to do, that pay, we know from research, we know it pays dividends later. So if you're going right. to give yourself a sort of checklist mentality, 
um, which is fine if that's, if that helps. But then I would really recommend doing it individually with each kid and not saying now I'm going to play with the kids because as someone who has three kids close in age, it's a constant negotiation of my time and attention. And also what can we find to do that everybody will enjoy? And quite frankly, developmentally, the answer is not much a lot of the time because that's the whole point of having different kids at different developmental places. So rather than put that pressure on yourself to play with the kids, um, I would I would maybe set a goal to spend 15 minutes, especially if the oldest is kind of getting short shift because, you know, because of the new baby, then, then do what that kid wants to do. Play the game you don't like to play or pretend baby dolls and just do it for, you know, and sort of indulge them in that way. But don't think you can do it all. Make believe and cook dinner and play with the baby. And yeah. Right. Well, and I think another, another way I kind of got, around that sometimes when my arms were almost just too full. And I just was like, uh, I, I, I've got so much going on right now as I would talk to them about their play. So often it wasn't me playing with them, but I would say, well, tell me about the game you're playing. And sometimes that's all they want. Like they want another participant mm-hmm. or they want someone to kind of acknowledge what they're doing or they want to talk it through. And often that ends up then becoming sort of like you've seen little kids get up and kind of act out the thing that they just saw or yeah. the thing they just acted yes. out, you know, lots of times it would become me almost becoming more an observer uh, observer to that right. than necessarily engaging in it. But what they're getting is the one-on-one time and they're getting attention and they're getting acknowledgement of what they're doing. And that all counts too. This is reminding me a little bit of that episode where we did talk about all the types of play that we don't like. Um, yeah. But what I'm, it's reminding me of is I think you said very wisely that sometimes what they want is one-on-one time with you and connection with you. In which case, if that's what they want, I say, suggest another activity. Like right. I could, I will always say, how about, can we sit together and I'll read you a book? Because I will, right. al- I will always do that. Um, but if what they want is to really do that game, that's a different challenge. And maybe a sibling can help, or maybe it needs to right. wait till later. I mean, in my house, a lot of times it's like, yeah, I would love to do that with you, but it is not going to happen until I have a co-parent here to help, you know, cause right. it's just, yes. So I think helping the child figure out, do I need time with mom right now? In which case mom should be free to negotiate a different activity. Right. Yeah. And I think that um, four-year-olds and to some extent, even two-year-olds are getting old enough to understand the concept of not now and later. And maybe then what you do is you look at your day and you say, you know, there's just no way to squeeze this in. It doesn't have to happen all day long. This whole idea of like us setting up these balanced lives where like, you know, in the morning from eight till 10, we play and then from 10 till noon, I make lunch or whatever it is. I mean, that that's ridiculous, but (laughs) I'm getting at, it's kind of, it's silly to like, try to like fit it in that kind of, um, that kind of predictable pattern to that degree when life is so unpredictable with a baby Mm -hmm. and a toddler. Mm -hmm. But you could say maybe when my spouse or partner gets home, I have a half an hour where I'm going to just put everything else aside and focus on playing with my four-year-old or whatever it is, or doing something with my four-year-old. Um, that to me feels so much more manageable. And then yes. you can start to teach them about like, not now, but remember when daddy gets home, Yep, we're going to do this. And I think going back to Sheena's original question, listening to her, it's not that she's trying to avoid playing with her kids or that they're always asking her and she doesn't want to. So I think it's actually, she wants to make time for that kind of connection and not always be worried about getting onto the next thing. You know, she mentioned getting, yeah. keeping the kids busy in one activity so that she can whatever, prep dinner, get out the door. And again, it comes down to that part will get easier, you know, given her kids' ages. But I think she's really, she, it's coming from a place of wanting, 
wanting not to always say no to play or to always be too busy. And I think that's, I think that's smart. I just think we can, we can keep our expectations in check. And I don't know, like I said at the beginning, redefine what play is, which maybe takes a load off in terms of what we think we need to accomplish in a day. Yeah, I totally agree. And you know, one thing I, I know at the beginning, we started by saying people will say, take it easy on yourself and this too shall pass. And that's not always that helpful. But one thing I have to say that I never found those kind of, I don't know, truisms very helpful either. They sound a little patronizing, frankly, mm-hmm. um, except for when we say them, Sarah, then they're totally great, but yeah. <laughs> and empowering. Yeah. Um, but one thing I remember sort of, I don't know, it was sort of like I had a little epiphany when my kids, when maybe the oldest three were really little and I was going to bed and I thought, you know, everything I could get done today, I got done mm-hmm. and it wouldn't really have made that much difference if I'd gotten one more thing done, um, or one less thing done. Like mm-hmm. when I wake up tomorrow, there will still be a full day's worth of work waiting for me. I can dig in as much as I want to, or as little as is possible for me right now. And just kind of knowing, like realizing that, you know, like there's no such thing as being done at mm-hmm. your job when your job is being home with kids and taking care of a household. There's just no such thing. You're never done. You could always do more and you could always do less. So I feel like that sometimes at like the end of the night when I would find myself getting all anxious and, you know, wanting to kind of skimp on the bedtime routine or like, mm-hmm. you know, hanging out with the kids or the family because ugh, I still have this other stuff I have to get done. Just like taking a breath and thinking, okay, but no matter what, even if I did that thing now, I'd have to do it again tomorrow night anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like that. It's finding that balance between staying on top of things to a level that makes you feel good about your spot, your space and surroundings and your life and your schedule and knowing when, you know, really what is more important and where's your priority. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. it doesn't always, the priority doesn't always have to be playing with your kids Mm -hmm. and it doesn't always have to be the house, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be one or the other. You know, like it, yeah, it can go back and forth and it can change depending on how you feel about and stuff. Agreed. No guilt. No, no, no guilt. guilt. Um, I want to, before we wrap, um, I want to mention that I just read the book, The Gift of Failure by um, Jessica Leahy, mm-hmm. which seems not related to this, but because I just read it and it's fresh in my mind, um, the book in general is really about creating very competent, autonomous, independent kids who aren't afraid to try new things and fail and be rescued. Um, but because a lot of what she talks about is geared toward middle and high school students, and I don't have those, I really connected to the chapter on household chores and delegating, which again, you and I have talked about way long time ago on the podcast. I think it was like our fourth or fifth episode or something, but I have like, I'm, I have a renewed, uh, energy about helping my kids become independent and autonomous and contribute around the house, not in any kind of a complicated chore chart way. Cause that's not my style, but just to like, give them the competency of being able to contribute to the house. And I think Sheena's kids are littler, but it's never too early to start thinking about what, what can I ask for help with and what are my kids yeah. capable of? And when we're talking about getting all the things done, speaking as someone uh, who has an eight and a six-year-old, four and two become eight and six pretty quick. And there's a, yeah. there's a lot of competency in there. There's a lot that those ages can do. And I just, I have like a renewed fire under my butt to um, give my eight and six-year-old more, more agency in contributing. And so I don't know, it's not directly related, but number one, it's a great book. And number two, I do think that the sooner you uh, adopt that mindset of not just giving your kids chores because kids should have chores, but giving them 
the gift of uh, being able to contribute in that way, um, the less the less there is on your to do list. It's like the yeah, ultimate win win. You know, they it are gaining is. those and skills, and you are you're practicing delegating. For a while, it feels like more work for sure when right. you do it that way. But then you really do, in the end, end up setting everyone else, everyone up for success yourself, mm-hmm. your kids. And then you don't have to work so hard at it later. And the other thing is, I think, like I kind of touched on, I think that counts as well, can count as well as one-on-one time often getting your kids involved, yes. the, the instruction, the Absolutely. teaching, the coaching. I mean, that all counts. That's helping them become um, competent, you know, individuals, which is yes. kind of the goal. It's kind of the point right. of all this anyway. Um, and so it's not like I want to be like a big, you know, you know, play, <laughs> like uh, grouch about play it like no, don't play with your kids play party pooper that's not it at all it's more like hey sometimes these other things can replace that can stand in or replace um mm-hmm. for or replace that sort of push to play 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 because while mm-hmm. play is great um other things also need to happen you know kids mm-hmm. who just play all day don't learn some of the things that they need to learn um and that is like what it means to be in a family and what it means to mm-hmm. help run a household and mm-hmm. to contribute. And those are all things that make them feel good too. So yes. Yeah. Agreed. 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 So I hope Gina, this helped a little bit. We're definitely rooting for you. We've definitely been there. Um, and other moms out there who are drowning and small children yeah. <laughs> take heart. <laughs> that's a good way to, that's a good way to wrap this one up, I guess. So we will be back. Next week, you can check us out at themomhour.com. This was episode 60. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hi everyone, Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening and leave the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button and then scroll all the way to the bottom and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.